Right, um, good morning, good evening, good afternoon and good night wherever you are in the cyber universe. I have entitled this Gub Gab, welcome to Gub Gab again, and I have entitled this Gub Gab Facing Up to the Arrogance of Academia. And I have decided, somewhat reluctantly, to challenge the academic system in Ireland, in particular the academic system in University College Cork, again, to a debate on knowledge. They are they have no manners and they have no knowledge. And it's about time that university students realise that, that they are paying through the nose for no knowledge. And the reason they have no knowledge, the reason that the academic system is so unstable is that they only have one leg on the stool of knowledge. Now, I detected that after I completed my PhD in University College Cork in 1996, 1993, sorry, 92, 93. So that's 30 years ago. And I said, there's something wrong with the educational system. Here we are after, how long was I uh, um, in the educational system from the age of four? 30 years I was in the educational system and I emerged out of it with nothing no inclination as to where my life should go as to what my life should be and I blame the academic system for that it is the system for passing exams oh I'm very clever because I was able to get a 2-1 in my degree when I got three double firsts in my degree And I still had nothing. After all that study, after all that years in university, after all those years studying privately, studying publicly, studying in libraries, I had nothing at the very end of it. I knew nothing. I knew I knew nothing. And I remember saying to a professor one day that I met in a pub, and we were talking about the university and all these things. And I said, I was at a blackboard one day and I said, I drew a circle on the board, put a dot at the very centre of the circle. I was talking something about in, in numerical analysis or something like that. And the voice came from behind me. You know nothing. Deep and resonating. And I turned around expecting one of the students to be smirking. But they weren't. They were all drawing their circles with dots in the middle of it. And then I realised that that was myself talking to myself about the fact that I knew nothing. And little did I realise many years later that it was the key to opening up the whole field of knowledge was that one single realisation that I knew nothing. And the professor said to me, and this would have been about hmm, 30 years ago as well, because it was very shortly after I left the university. I said, oh yeah, well, we all hear that, but we immediately ignore it. I didn't ignore it. I left the university and I went seeking knowledge. 
and I did find the knowledge in the most unusual place down in West Cork when I learned to meditate. I learned about Vedic science a little bit. I learned about the power of meditation to release stress. I learned about the power of meditation and its more advanced techniques to resolve conflict situations, something which is very dear to my heart being a former army officer, being a former peacekeeper in Lebanon, and all these things. And I tried to bring them back into the university to return with my knowledge. And the funny thing is that the university actually paid for me to attend a conference on what is called Vedic science and modern science, or Vedic computation and modern computation in Maastricht in 1992 or 1993. And they refused to engage with me afterwards. And maybe it was because a number of years later, I launched a campaign to ban genetically modified foods in Ireland. And I know that that was a black mark with Science Foundation Ireland, which is run by academics. Who else would run it but academics? Academics are in some of the most powerful positions of consultancy, consulting with the government in Ireland. But yet there is no control over them. They can do, and they feel that they can do whatever they want. They bring people into this country who have no knowledge of Ardukas, who do not respect Ardukas. I have first-hand experience of that with a former um, professor of mathematics in University College Cork. I was doing some work at the time on the importance of language and the importance of the Irish language, the importance of the Ducas as a means of resolving... teaching difficulties in relation to computation. And I went to see the... the prof- I spoke initially with an Irishman, Des McHale, who was a, had been in working in the mathematics department in University College Cork. And I said, who do I talk to about this? And he said, oh, go up to the president or the professor of mathematics. He's a very welcoming man. You'll surely get a good ear. I went up, and what did I meet with? An arrogant German pig. He hadn't the decency to even ask me my name. I had to tell him who I was. He didn't even have the decency to invite me for a cup of tea so we could discuss what it was that I wanted to discuss. And, you know, the universities proclaim themselves as places where they support local industry, where they support people from the locality who are trying to do work. But they do not. If you're Irish, it applies in this country now. If you are a hero, if mar leakra dukishnaherantu, if you are a traditional knowledge warrior of Ireland, then you need not apply to our academic institutions. You need not apply your knowledge to the academic programs of our universities. They do not understand. They do not wish to understand. Because my programs of knowledge, 
My programs from Dobbs called Now Krishna Herand are far superior to those that are being offered through the arrogance of University College Cork. And why do I focus so much on University College Cork? Because I focused there for the best part of 25 years. I worked there for seven of them. And then for the remaining 18, I challenged them to the way in which they were teaching, to the way in which they were developing knowledge. And I'm entitled to do that because I am a purveyor of knowledge. I was told once that I was a professor of knowledge. I don't know. I'm not, haven't been appointed by a professor to a professorship by a university board. Do I need the approval of arrogant academics to call myself professor? No, I do not. I believe in what's called in physics, bootstrap theory. You pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And that's what we need to do with our, with our students, is we need to pull them up by their own bootstraps. Students need to ask questions. Where does this knowledge come from? Is this knowledge harmful to our climate? Is this type of mathematics dangerous? Is this type of mathematics an example of toxic mathematics? Toxic mathematics is ruining the minds of our students. Toxic mathematics should be banned from our universities without the knowledge of Duharavirt, without the knowledge of Rivarak Tool, without the knowledge of Aravirt Dukasuk Naharand. Shine Garb Mahagat Agaslan. And we live in a very dangerous time, a time of upheaval, a time of change, a time of uncertainty. And defence is a very, very important aspect of our governance. And I see here in Ireland that our traditional neutrality is being eroded. It is being eroded by our participation in the Partnership for Peace and it is being eroded by our continued expansion into the European defence, whatever it is that the European Union is trying to promote. Now, unfortunately, both of these organisations are inefficient in terms of defence. They are insufficient in terms of defence. They do not have the ability to create peace. Now, we know that the United Nations itself has failed. It has failed 
since its very inception. And the United Nations acts as a stopgap, a short-term solution to a conflict brewing up. But it is not a long-term solution. And from the research that I conducted in from 1998 until 2001, I concluded that part of the solution, and I say part, but a very vital part of the solution to conflict, is the establishment of groups of meditators, groups of yogic flyers practicing advanced techniques of meditation. And the research indicates that if you have the equivalent of the square root of 1% of a population, if you have 1% of a population with the Transcendental Meditation Program alone, then you get a noticeable effect on the coherence in society. You get a noticeable reduction in terms of conflict. And someone asked me recently, how do you measure that? Well, you measure it using standard sociological indicators, like the number of shells falling as reported in the newspapers. And they also asked, what about cause and effect? Now, I'm not an expert in this area of statistics, but it is possible to use time series analysis to determine the exact type of causal effect there is. And in one particular study, the, a study that was produced on the Middle East war, on the war between basically the, con the conflicts, ongoing conflicts between Israel and its neighbours, and especially in Lebanon in the early 80s, where I was, in fact, on duty with the United Nations. Concurrently, there was a study going on in Israel where they got together a group of meditators, and the group of meditators affected the conflict in Lebanon. And how did they do that? Through the agency of the unified field. Because when you meditate, you bring your attention to the level of the unified field and you enliven it. And by creating coherence from that level, in other words, a group of meditators, they enliven it much deeper. And, you know, our army, our military, are supposedly a neutral agency. They are supposedly neutral players. Now, when I look at the Facebook post, and not so much the Facebook post, but the LinkedIn post of ARCO, the Association of Retired Commissioned Officers, of which I am entitled to be a member, even if I do appear at times to be like a thorn in the side of conventional um, defence thinking. I left the army after 12 years and three days because I said the army was not fulfilling its role. 
the United Nations was not capable of fulfilling its role. And I sought different avenues of knowledge, different approaches to defence. And then when I was in the university, I left the university after seven years because I said the university was not fulfilling its role in terms of education. And it's been a long and oftentimes arduous journey to this particular point where I now say I have something unique to contribute to knowledge. I have something unique to contribute to world peace. And that is knowledge of the three legs of the stool. And I give a tiny little poem here and I'll finish up then. Three cusser and stole, three geese and all, dang enough we'd live shawl. Three legs and the stool of knowledge. Three forms of, just three legs and the stool. Three forms of intelligence in knowledge, dang enough we'd live shawl, steadfast in our setting forth. And this is a recipe for effective action. Effective, not the right action in terms of, oh, I think this is right, or maybe this is right, or maybe that is right. This is effective action. Gneev, I don't know, Gneev something or other. So I'm going to leave it there now. Sloan August Bannock. Right, uh, welcome to another session of Gub Gab, and I've entitled this Enlivening the Knowledge of Dukas in Our Educational System. And Dukas is expressed in Article 1 of the Irish Constitution, and it is adapted into English there as genius, the genius of the Irish nation. And there's a shanochal is trish dukas no ilunt, that dukas is stronger, train is tresha stronger, strong train, stronger is tresha. Dukas is stronger than education, than learning, than teaching. So the whole point about dukas is that we need to find a way to enliven Dukas within the awareness of our students. So that rather than imposing knowledge on our students, we are enlivening knowledge from within our students. And possibly the most effective technology to do this is the technology of meditation. But I would be quite specific in delineating the type of meditation that I am talking about. And that is the Transcendental Meditation Program, including the TM City Program and Yogic Flying. We need 
to implement this within our educational system. And it's not so far from our own dukas, it's not so far from our own culture, it's not so far from our own um, history. Meditation. And the word I use, or a word I use for meditation is mewing or meowing. Mewing, I'll just recite something now, or sing it, cueing le mewing. Cueing, cueing, cueing le mewing, elor, me me and that's all about the power of meditation to bring the attention from the most expressed level of reality to the most refined level of reality deep within the heart of everyone and deep within the soul of everyone deeper than the self of everyone Mewin, me avoid the center of unity, avoid makra, the field of unity, makra avoid navredok, an insubstantial field. And when meditation is practiced together as a group, it has an extraordinarily powerful effect, especially within the field of education. And that is what I set out to do in 1996 when I returned to Ireland after spending six months in or about helping on a, an educational pro- pro- project in the United Kingdom. And we were designing courses to be run by a university in conjunction with the University of London. And I don't see why I cannot set up Dovskull Njokishnahern to do exactly the same thing here in Ireland at this particular moment in time. There are a number of things stopping me. Number one is what I referred to previously, the intransigence of the academics in our universities. They simply do not get the message that I am passing. They simply do not care. And near about 2002 or 2005, I don't remember the exact date, I went to Galway to see if I could get a bit of support for my work. And I spoke with one of my former maths lecturers there who was then the head of the maths department. And I said, how come I cannot get any support for my work? And he said, because you're not attached, affiliated with any university. I said, how do I become affiliated with a university? He said, you can't because you're not affiliated with a university. So it seems that when you're locked out of the system, you're locked out. They won't allow you in. I have a PhD from UCC. They found it good enough to take my money but they will not allow me back in to even deliver a lecture to the university. I've been denied that. I suppose I'd nearly call it a right at this stage after so many years. But that's getting away from the point. 
What we need to do within our education is to implement the technology of consciousness. Implement the technology which brings to light spregen se on dokus ilor cartlor on machtlane so that the student realizes that they own the whole field of knowledge. Ta on machre olus om lawn oku. Ta on machre olus no crinia oku. They hold the on machre iliuk crinia oku. They contain the whole field of universal knowledge within themselves. And of course, we focus on the specificity of knowledge of each particular discipline. But the specificity of knowledge does not get lost within the generality of knowledge. At the moment, we're only focusing on the specific aspects of knowledge. And it's getting lost, it's getting obliterated in the whole field of knowledge. And we can employ various techniques in terms of mathematics, various techniques in terms of computation in particular. And to me, computation is the first book of knowledge and it's the first area where I myself am an expert. I focus on integrating three types of computation. The knowledge of modern computation, where I have a PhD, the knowledge of Vedic computation, which I have studied since 1996, and the knowledge of Duhar which I have developed since 1998. And that development stems from one very simple interaction with a lady during a, an election in 1998 when I ran for the Dáil. And she was interviewing me. And I was talking about the technology of consciousness and talking about the research and talking about this and that and the other. And I could see her attention wandering away from me. And I mentioned one word to her and her attention came immediately straight back. And I said, Duchus. I said, this is part of our own Duchus. This is part of our own genius. This is part of our own... Um, culture, wisdom this comes from us as well even though it has a different face in it now and she wrote an article about it subsequently and you know I was very amused at the end of that 1998 election when the Irish Times would not cover any of our material during the election and then afterwards I was approached by the journalist for the Irish Times and he did a full-on interview with me at the Count Centre in Neptune Stadium in Cork. And he asked me, he said, how do you fund your research? And I said, oh, that's very simple. I said, it's funded by the Department of Education. And he looked at me. I said, yeah, my wife is a national school teacher. And he understood the point I was making. And... That is going to stop now, because I am adamant. In 2013, sorry, 2010, I stood on top of Dunmore Head on midwinter's morning, and I made an oath to myself and to the world 
that I would banish ignorance from our educational system globally. And I will start with Ireland. And I will banish ignorance from our educational system in Ireland. And I will make our educational system really the best in the world so that our students have the ability to represent Ireland in a very proud way all over the world. Some of you may say they're doing it, but they don't use the full power of their brain physiology. And that's where we're at. We need to tackle that and tackle it properly. So, Shinne Gurmahagat Agus Sloan. Thank mm-hmm. you.